This episode of the Autism Dead podcast is brought to you by Trail Magic. Commuting with nature is one of the best methods of self-care available, and hiking is one of the best ways to enjoy nature. If you're a parent who enjoys hitting the trails with your little ones, you're already aware that toddlers will walk some of the journey and want to be carried the rest of the way. There are tons of contraptions out there for carrying babies while on a trail, but what about those in-between toddler years? You don't want to bring a big, bulky carrier for a kid who's only going to use it some of the time. The Trail Magic Kid Carrier solves that problem, and it does so brilliantly. Invented by a dad who wanted to take his three-year-old backpacking, it's for kiddos 12 months up to 43 pounds. The carrier attaches onto hiking backpacks and durable day packs that have a waist strap and upper loaders. Weighing less than 10 ounces, it's so portable you can stuff it in the side of your backpack when not in use. The Trail Magic Kid Carrier is a total game changer for the outdoor adventure family community. For more information, visit trailmagic.com. That's T-R-A-I-L-M-A-G-I-K.com. Use the code the Autism Dad at checkout and save 10% off your order. Welcome to the Autism Dad Podcast. I'm Rob Gorski, and I've got a really good show for you guys today, so thank you for taking the time to tune in. Uh, I'm bringing back the Parent to Parent series that I did, I think it's season three and part of season four. And what that is, is I bring a parent onto the show. Sometimes I know them, sometimes I don't. Most of the time I don't. And it's not scripted. There's no list of questions. We just have a conversation about what our lives are like and get to know each other. Sometimes it's a parent to an autistic child. Sometimes it's a parent to a child with ADHD. Sometimes it's a parent with you know, a child that has some other disability. And the whole point is to learn about their lives and to get to know them, right? Make a connection, make a friend. And for you guys out there listening, you get reminded that you're not alone. You get to learn and you get insight into someone else's life and their struggles and their victories. And uh, sometimes it inspires hope. Sometimes it inspires new ideas that can take your life in a different direction. But a lot of the time it just provides comfort and that reminder that you're not alone on this crazy parenting journey that we're all on. So I'm excited to do this again. We're gonna kick off the reboot of the Parent to Parent series with my friend, Kate Swenson. Thank you, Kate, for taking the time to come on the show. I really appreciate it. Kate is Cooper's mom and uh, creator of Finding Cooper's Voice. And we met at a conference recently and decided we want to do a podcast episode and talk about her book and just kind of have like a parent to parent conversation about because we both kind of do similar things and just kind of compare our experiences and, and just have like a cool conversation that you guys will enjoy. So thank you, Kate. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thanks for having me. I uh, found you, I think, on Facebook because I loved your reels. You were doing oh. reels where you just answered questions, and I thought that was so genius. It was like a palatable amount of content, like 30 seconds, and you answered a question that we all have. I thought that was so great. So, Thank you. I love that. I am Kate. I am Cooper's mom. Also, Finding Cooper's Voice. I have four kids. I live in Minnesota. My husband and I are both self-employed. So that means we're always parenting and always working and uh, neither failing or winning uh, <laughs> ever, which is fun. And I recently wrote a book called Forever Boy. And that has been just a wild ride of promotion and figuring out the nuances of the publishing world. That's a little, little wacky. And... Um, you know, just trying to spread autism awareness towards acceptance. You know, if someone meets a person with autism, they know that there's a little boy in Minnesota who is super cool and amazing, and it's not something to be feared. Can you talk a little bit about what your parenting journey has been? Yeah. 
Yep. So Cooper is my firstborn. He is 11 years old now. Mm -hmm. He was born and just really turned our life upside down from the second we brought him home from the hospital. He struggled to eat and sleep. And I hear that a lot from other parents of kiddos on the spectrum. Just in my book, I say he didn't really know what to do as a newborn. He was just kind of confused. And it wasn't until he found the TV and Barney, that purple dinosaur, that he really found peace and just kind of chilled out a little bit and became hyper-focused on TV, but was meeting his milestones physically, just not the social communication, wasn't playing, super rigid. Um, We couldn't go anywhere. And it was almost as if our world was just kind of shutting down, closing off. I mean, we'd go to work, but then we had to come home and our world was really centered around the TV and Cooper's programs. We'd I have these memories of like putting him in a sandbox and he's like, what do I do here? Or bringing him on a slide and he's like, well, this is strange. I mean, none of it made sense to him at all. And I dove in head first to try and figure out what was going on, but was met with resistance, which is pretty common even to this day. I was told, first time mom, calm down, relax, late talker, boys are lazy, all the whole gamut of things. And, you know, as a mom, I wanted that to be right. Like I wanted to be wrong. I knew I wasn't though. And we ended up getting a diagnosis of autism when he was just shy of four. We could have probably got it at 18 months. No lie. And um, that really just started our journey of a lot of dead ends and a lot of closed doors. And how do you figure out how to help a child who can't communicate what he needs or wants comes out in behaviors and stimming and it got, it was hard for a lot of years, but we really found some reprieve for him at age nine, turned a corner and he has been thriving ever since. When we were down at the conference, we were talking about our kids and uh, my Gavin is kind of my version of your Cooper, I think, in, in a little bit of a different way, but he was always a lot of challenge when he was little. And a lot of heartache, a lot of struggle, a lot of sleepless nights. There's times I cried myself to sleep. And you fast forward to, he's 22 now, and he has accomplished things that we were straight up told would never happen. He has overcome obstacles that I don't know that I could have as a person, you know? And I find everything that he does to be inspiring even though there's still times that he needs help and he'll probably need help to some extent for the rest of his life. But he has grown into this young man who is kind and compassionate and selfless and gentle. You know, when I was reading your book and we were talking, listening to your book, actually, because I listened to it on my way home from the conference, I could put myself in your shoes and Jamie's shoes because I know what some of that was like. And it brought back a lot of I had to take kind of breaks as I was driving because I was getting emotional. Like, like, man, like I haven't thought about that in a really long time. And I remember what that was like. I remember feeling the things that you were feeling and feeling overwhelmed and scared and tired and and all these things. And I, and I guess my question to you is what made you decide to start sharing all of that stuff with everyone. Well, you know, what's funny as you were saying that um, I've gotten so much feedback on the book, things I expected to hear, things I didn't expect to hear. And the one that surprised me the most is I've had so many parents of kids in their 20s and 30s, even 40s. So the older, the older adults, and they've said to me, this book 
reopened the wounds that I never healed properly. So it's like we read your book. We have to take yes. breaks. It gives me goosebumps because it's like, because I, even for me, it did as I wrote it. And Cooper's only 11, but it was like all, just for an example, like the trauma with the education I stuff. I got goosebumps too, actually. Yeah. Like it was like, um, I finally like dove into it and let myself like feel it. And I, and I healed properly. And I'm like, I didn't know my book could do that. Like that's, I mean, I, I, cause we only know our own story, right? Like, you know, mm -hmm. yours, I know mine. Granted, we share them, but like, we don't know what other people go through. And I thought it was just us that had these things happen. And like, so everyone I've talked to can get something they relate to it. Like whether it's like being told their kid was deaf or not sleeping or, you know, whatever it may be, it's like. We have these commonalities that bring us together. Yeah, that was the big thing. Well, like when I when I first started, I think it was like twenty. No, it was, it was twenty ten. I think I don't remember. It was like fifteen years ago ish, fourteen years ago. There was nobody talking about this stuff, right? And so, like I, I legit felt like I was the only person who who was experiencing this because I didn't know anybody who was going through it. When I kind of accidentally started what I started with the blog. I found that there are so many parents out there that are experiencing the same thing and they thought they were alone. So there's all these people going through all these things together, but not realizing that there's somebody else there. Right. And so this isolation, like they could be our neighbors. Like that's what blows my mind. Like I could have someone like in the next street over that has a child yep. with severe autism, nonverbal and have no idea. It's because um, there's a word for this. I don't know what it is. I learned it in partners and policymaking, but there's a word for it. But like, for example, like we don't go to our home school because Cooper has to go to a level three school. So it's in a different, actually different city and he's mm -hmm. bus there. But like when you go to your neighborhood school, you're walking your son or daughter the three blocks to school and you're seeing all the kids and you're with them. And it's like we're, we have this unique level of isolation. So mm -hmm. we're not finding the other people like us. And we thought we had the only child. We're like, we we actually left a city in Duluth, Minnesota, because we're like, we have the only kid with autism here. We got to go. <laughs> yeah. I remember when all three of my kids were diagnosed and people were like, oh my God, like that never happens. Like, how does that, how does that happen? And I didn't know somebody with one kid and I only know like in person to, to like walk up to their house, like in real life, one, two people really that I have a personal relationship with that, that have autistic kids. Uh, I know a ton of people online now, Yep. but it's sort of like when you were saying that it reminded me of when you would have like a group of autistic kids playing together and they would have like that parallel play, right? Where they're, they're playing together, but they're each kind of doing their own thing in their own world. Mm -hmm. That's sort of like what it feels like. Uh, yeah. when I step back and I look back at from the parenting side, is like we're all doing the same thing, but we don't even recognize that the other person is there. You know, we're all kind of lost in our own world and our own struggles and our own challenges, and we're not we're not communicating with each other. And, and so we have all of this support that I think is available that we don't tap into because there's this uh, kind of I don't know it's not taboo is probably not the right word, but where where you don't talk about this stuff. You know, mm -hmm. like it's in, like, it's uh, like, you're talking bad about your kids. If you, if you share some of the challenges and, and I know that you've got pushback for sharing your stuff. I know that I've had pushback for sharing that stuff, but have you found that it's been a more positive thing than um, negative? Oh yes, yes, yes. But what's hard is, is the negative is the loudest. And that's what yeah. I have to, I feel like I have to like remind people of my, like my audience is pretty, um, 
protective of me. So I'll have to remind them. But I get, I mean, there's days where I'll have thousands of comments and maybe I'll have one negative comment a week, but people sure pick up on that. They're like, whoa, you know, but when you look at the, the overall picture, so positive. I think, I really think Cooper is changing the world. I think that he, um, he's shattering these stigmas. He's showing hope, you know, so speaking of Cooper's 11, I started blogging when he was two. So that would be nine years ago. So 2012, just on a WordPress site, no Facebook page. And when I Googled autism, just like I'm sure it was for you, there was nothing. I couldn't find anything. And so I turned to YouTube. This is in my book. And I Googled or I YouTubed um, severe nonverbal autism. And what it brought up shouldn't have even been on YouTube. I mean, it was just scary, dark, grainy videos of uh, abuse and screaming and all this stuff. And uh, I'm like, this can't be it. This can't be it. Like, I would look at Cooper and I'm like, well, that's not you. I mean, what's going on here? So I think the movement to sharing is fantastic. I think it's, it's been so great. I think we still have a long way to go. You know, there's, there's room for so many different voices in this space and someone can identify with someone is is my point. Yeah. And, and, and I think, um, I found it very therapeutic to share these things because, um, when you are going through this stuff, it, it is, uh, it's not always a positive experience, right? There's, there's stress and there's anxiety and there's, you know, all, all of these emotions that you feel because you're human. And you shared those very honestly in your book. I have so much respect for you. You just kind of put it all out there. And it's so comforting to hear those things because even though like I, I know that there's other people out there that, that feel that same way, it's a whole nother thing to really, to hear that, you know, and to hear someone else say that. And I think I was telling you before we started recording, I listened to your book on the way home and <laughs> It's so weird because like, I I know you. And so, uh, it wasn't like, and you, you narrated the book, uh, Mm -hmm. on audible. And, and so I, like, I, like, I know you. And so I'm hearing, it's like, you're telling me your story instead of, I'm just listening to an author, um, read their book. And so it was, it was tough sometimes, honestly, because it was, uh, like I can, I can feel the emotion and I, and I remember what it was like for me to go through those things. And you're still, you know, you're at a place in your journey that, you know, I, I was sort of at, I'm a little bit ahead of you, I think. 10 years. Cause my kids old. are, my oldest 22. is 20, 22. Yeah. But I have, you know, a, a almost 14 year old and a 16 year old. So we're sort of in the middle there, but I, I remember all of that stuff and it, and it helped me to, it helped me to maintain perspective you know, sometimes I get frustrated with, with the challenges that I still have to deal with. And I forget to look at how far we've come. You know, I get focused on where we are and I get kind of drowned out in in that. And I forget to look back and be like, Oh my God, like we've, we used to be way back there and, and like, look where we are. It may be not, not as far as like other families might be, but all that matters is where we are and, and we're progressing or we're progressing. What has your response been? uh, for the book? For me, uh, hundred percent positive that I've seen and read. I have all these, I have thousands of Amazon reviews. I mean, I've been hearing, you know, lifeline to parents, um, a must education tool, must have education tool for teachers. A lot of adult siblings have reached out to me and just said, now I know what my mom went through. 
So a lot of grandparents, um, the most powerful piece of feedback I got was my friend Adrian said she was holding the book and she goes, I just gave it to my mom and said, read this. This is my life. And um, to be able to give that gift to somebody, because, you know, we had challenges with family too. I mean, and friends and we're past yep. all that stuff now, but it's hard to communicate that it's not bad parenting and it's not lazy parenting and um, autism is real and it's not going away. And um, I want to talk a little bit about fee- uh, uh, progress, what you just said, because yeah. I think that is such an important thing. So this morning, my son Cooper went out in the driveway and waited for the bus 10 minutes before the bus came. And he sat there without his iPad and he was playing with the rocks and he was sitting there and we were kind of running around. Three years ago, we had to pull in our garage and immediately shut the door and pretend that we didn't even have a front of the house. Um, The doors had three locks on them, an L-shaped lock that he couldn't get, but he would move a chair and try, Mm -hmm. um, a deadbolt and a keypad. We had alarms and went on the windows and um, fences and you wouldn't believe it because he would run towards cars, run straight towards them. And he would look back and he would laugh and it was so scary and terrifying. And we spent all of our time jiggling the door, making sure the doors were locked so Mm -hmm. he wouldn't get killed. And to, to pause this morning and just watch him sit there, I was like, oh my gosh. So parents, like your progress may be baby steps. I mean, it may be non-existent for years, but look, just look, if you really look at how far you come in different areas, it's mind blowing. All right, real quick break. Um, starting something new. I'm going to start dropping trailers for podcasts that I'm really a big fan of. And I got a couple of friends named Brian and Sean. They have a podcast called just two dads. They're absolutely hilarious. Once you guys start listening to them, you're never going to want to stop. So you have been warned. Here's a trailer. Enjoy. Make sure you guys check them out. Hi, I'm Sean Francis. And I'm Brian Altunian. And, and together, we are... We are just, just two, two dads. dads. <laughs> That's just... That doesn't... I don't... We're not professionals, obviously. We know yeah, what we're doing. This is real as it gets. Anyway, we are Just Two Dads, and we have a weekly podcast, Anywhere You Get Podcast, where we talk about different issues that affect the special needs community, especially when it comes to raising a child and from a dad's perspective. Look at you're watching this stopwatch. You want to make sure that we get this all in in 30 seconds. You can catch us That's live right. every week on Facebook or you can catch us on our YouTube channel under We Are Just Two Dads or podcasts or wherever you get podcasts. Hope that you'll catch us weekly on Just Two Dads. See you then. And don't compare yourself to other families, right? Don't no. compare your child to someone else's kid's progress because uh, it, it falls into that same category like never compare yourself to somebody else because you compare your strengths to their weaknesses or their weaknesses to your strengths. I forget how that goes. But you, you have to look at where you've been versus where you are now. And I promise you that there is forward movement, even if it takes a long time, even if it's taking, you know, longer than you would like, it's still forward progress. And that's positive things. And those are all things to celebrate. And, and I think that we get caught up in the numbers sometimes and we don't see those little victories that, that we get in every day. And when you were saying about Cooper waiting uh, sitting on the, the driveway, playing with rocks, waiting for the bus. I was thinking like, I remember in your book, the, the door, the door would open, he would dart for the door. And now he's at a place where he's sitting, waiting for the bus to come. Like, how cool mm-hmm. is that? Like, mm-hmm. That's mind blowing. That's so, that's so huge. It's, it's huge. It's changed our whole life. It's opened up a part of, it's opened up our front yard. Where I find um, I made my biggest growth as a parent was when I stopped 
um, measuring him against traditional milestones and traditional... Every time you go to the doctor, I have a, ch- a daughter who's a year, you're going to get a checklist of all the things they're supposed to be doing. And you're going to mm-hmm. identify the things they're not doing right away, which is normal doctoring, fine, whatever. Every school, you you achieve all this in kindergarten and you have to achieve this in first grade. And so everything you, you do has checklists and, and, you know, what's supposed to happen. And it was not good for Cooper. It was not healthy for him to be held to those standards. And I think I didn't know that. I was a first time mom. I I wanted him to do all the things he was supposed to do. So now that he's 11, I don't even really think of him as an age, like a fifth grader. He is exactly who he's supposed to be. And like, he can't tie his shoes, but he can sure put his his slip on bands on. He can't hold a pencil, but he's learning to type into YouTube what he wants to search. So, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, let go of those milestones that everyone has to do at this certain time. And think of your child as an infinite human and it's life-changing. I have been uh, referring people to your book. I have a, a autism parenting subreddit with like 9,500 families in it. And that's where I was pulling those questions from. You were talking about on the reels. They, they would ask, parents are always asking these, these questions and it's sometimes it's hard to like type out an answer. It's easier to just say something, but way easier. I think. Yeah, yeah. I had, I had a mom the other day and I can't remember what she was asking, but I was like, you got to read this book. You know, here's, here's a link to it. Go check it out because I can see where she is right now on your journey. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And being able to find your place and see that there can be a light at the end of the tunnel. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. It may not be what you think it's going to be, but it can be better than where you're at. And we have to accept that, right? We, we accept that uh, good is relative. Progress is relative. And, you know, there's always going to be limitations that I think, especially my oldest will have, but he's a hero to me completely, honestly, because he never complains. He just keeps doing his thing. And like, just, oh, it's so cool to experience this stuff as a parent and then to sort of feel like I've experienced your life through your book. That's ah, just a really cool. One of my, um, one of my more, was to touch on what you just said, more virally pieces was called, um, I, I talk a lot about, you know, making it through and getting to the bright side and getting through. Mm-hmm. And I had this mom just, you know, and, and she was in a hard place. So I want to fully acknowledge the hardness she was in, but she, you know, just came at me hard keyboard, you know, and she was like, for some families, there is no bright side. There is no good part at the end. And, you know, she just, I mean, just really unloaded on me. And I try to practice the pause and I took, you know, a couple days to really think about that. And for me, it was a mind shift because it, I'll say this sentence. Some of our best days would still be most people's hardest days. If that makes sense, let that sink in. So I I wrote back, I wrote like just an open letter to this mom. And I was like, you have to change what the bright side looks like, what the end is, what the end result is. If I was to sit in this place where it was like, Cooper will never be aggressive. He will talk. He will go to college. He will get married. He will. If I did that, right? Well, no, of course not. (laughs) Like, you know, I could be in this like sad place, but I shifted what that looked like. And so I wrote in there, I'm like, sometimes the, the, the end happy result is a, is a, a semi-independent group home. Sometimes it's yep. your child living with grandma. Sometimes it's it's whatever it is in your family. Don't, don't look at someone else's and think that's the only bright side. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's all, yeah. it's all relative. And we have yeah. to have reasonable expectations of 
of our kids. I, ha- I got into an argument with a dad once who said that his son, his autistic son would never be successful because he was never going to manage a business. He wasn't going to live in a, in a corner penthouse apartment. He wasn't going to make six figures. He, all these things that he, the, the dad assigned to, or related measure to being success. measure. Yeah. Measure of success. And I was like, man, that's like, that's really messed up. Cause you have just totally set your kid up for failure. He's never going to succeed in your eyes. And, and I, and I've always been very careful about how I define success for my kids. You know, I want my kids to be happy and healthy. I want them to live their best life. I want them to be, I want them to contribute to society in whatever way they, yes. they can do yes. that. If they can, you know, they'll all probably work a job at some point and um, help people and be kind and compassionate and all those things that contribute light to the world. And in my view, when I'm on my deathbed and I, and I'm asking my kids, I want to know, are you happy? Because if they're happy, that's total success in my book. I wish parents would like, what's so much pressure. It's pressure on your typical child. So I have a story in my, right at the end of my book, the the end of my book is my favorite part. It's really where I made that mind shift and talk about, Mm -hmm. you know, how I transformed into the person Cooper needed me to be. And I was watching the news or something and this commercial came on and it was like, Liberty Mutual or some insurance company, right? And it was like, we're here for the only things that matter in life. And it was like a grandchild being born, getting your driver's license, getting married, um, buying your first house. And I remember like being kind of like angry because I was like, those aren't the only things that matter. I was like, Cooper's probably never going to do any of those things. And he's achieved more than most people I know. (laughs) Like he's, so I think we have to just do this. That's part of our job as parents is to be the mouthpiece to show that like, you don't have to make a million dollars to have a successful life. Like we need to just, you know, keep shouting that. I think it's so important. Happy, healthy, and loved, you know? And not that's, a burden. Not, yeah. and that's a word that's important to me is because I, you know, like Cooper's going to be a burden on your family. Cooper's going to be a burden on his siblings. No, stop that now. Like we are happy. And if it ever does come to that at the end of my life, we're going to have arrangements set up. And look, like, honestly, all kids are burdens to their parents at some point. It's normal, right? Like people get upset with me when I would say my kids, uh, I'll say like my autistic kids drive me crazy. Well, guess what? They do. How did we start this conversation today? I'm like, kids are the worst. (laughs) Yeah. Right. My kids drive me crazy. They're supposed to do that. They're still kids. You know, it's like a rite of passage. My parents, and I always love telling the story because like my mom and dad used to tell me when I was little, like, oh, I can't wait, Rob, until you have kids of your own and you you know exactly what it's like to go through what we're going through right now. And I was like, oh, it's never going to happen, whatever. And I have called my mom. I don't know how many times I've been like, you know what? You win. You're right. Call it off. We're eat. Like, I, I get it. I was a terrible Wait, kid sometimes. <laughs> just, <laughs> just, just put whatever flip that switch I've had enough lesson learned, just make it stop. <laughs> and, and, uh, but that doesn't mean I don't love my kids. I would die for my kids in a heartbeat. And you're allowed to be human. You're allowed to have emotions. You're allowed to feel. I shared something once, like, like speaking of double standards, cause you and I talk about that a lot. Yeah. I, I shared something once to be funny. And it was like, I could say, I'm going to sell my son Sawyer to the zoo. He drives me crazy. I can't take it anymore. And people are like, oh, I know, you know, boys are hard or whatever it may be. And if I say that about Cooper, the same exact thing, they're like, yep. ooh, 
Ooh, he's disabled. You can't say that. And I'm like, but he's not to me. He's just my son. Like, he's yeah. not autistic Cooper. He's not disabled Cooper. He's Cooper. Yes. So it's like they all equally drive me batty in their own different ways. And yeah. I'll be honest, Cooper's the easiest a lot of the times. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's human. And I think if we have a kind of a parting message, because uh, I know you got to get going, but it's like parents, you're human and you're allowed to feel whatever you feel. It's how you choose to deal with it that matters, right? I mean, you want to deal with it in healthy, productive ways, right? But I get angry with my kids. I've been resentful at times. All that stuff is normal human emotion. That doesn't mean that my kids are a burden. It just means that there's room for me to grow. Do you follow Jason Haig? He's one of my favorite people. He's a pastor. He has a blog called Aching Joy. Or his, his book's called Aching Joy. I think but so. He, he's just great. You could link it in the notes or whatever later. But I always recommend him. He's a pastor. He's a dad. His son is um, older than Cooper, severe. Bunch of kids. Great guy. But we were doing a podcast one time. We were talking about the grief and the emotions and how mm-hmm. whatever emotions you're feeling are right for you. And he, and he made this joke. He's like, it's not like you can go up to someone and be like, don't feel that way. <laughs> and then the person's like, oh, you're right. I'm done being sad that my child may never speak to me. Like, and that's a big part of my message that, you know, and it may frustrate people or, but it's like, you have to feel this stuff. You have to, you have to sit in it and you got to feel it and it hurts and it stings. And then you can, you can grow from it, but it's the people that. And it doesn't define you. No, the people that don't feel it. They're the ones that they, they have a lot of residual struggles, I think, because they're, they're running from feelings. I had to learn to feel it because I could feel it and then I could put it down and I could move forward. Otherwise I was carrying it with me. That's why I started writing and sharing the way that I did because I didn't think anybody was going to read it. And it helped me process everything, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, Same. All right. So do you have any closing advice for parents maybe who, who are struggling right now mm-hmm. and just need that, that little uplifting glimmer of hope, you know? Yep. So the number one message that came out of my book, which I didn't know this was the nugget that was going to rise at the top, is always try one more thing. And that is yep. something that I have believed in. And that goes to what we were just talking about. I have given up so many times. I've given up trying to get Cooper into a program or given up trying to get him to sleep or to feel good or not, whatever it may be. In, but I've given up for like 24 hours and then I've came back. You are the only person who's ever going to fight for your child like you will with just your Mm -hmm. strength and your resilience and your love. So when you reach those dead ends and you will reach lots, doors will be slammed in your face. Take a break. Take the night off. Cry. Be angry. Do whatever you want to do. The next morning, make another phone call. Research. Find another program. Try one more thing. And keep doing that until you find the one that fits. And you will. And remember, it may not be the one you think that it's going to be. It may be a different solution, but you will find one. Thank you. Yes. Uh, what's, what's the, it's very good. What is the, uh, what's the best way for people to find you? So I have a website called findingcoopersvoice.com, but Facebook is my really happy community where I share all the, you know, day to day. I try to share little stories that are really visually just show you what our autism looks like. I do that every day. I do a lot of video over there. That's finding Cooper's voice and then Instagram too. And then my book is on Amazon. It's called Forever Boy. Um, And it's really for everybody. It's not just for parents of children with autism. I think anyone, a teacher, a doctor, a person that works with whatever will get something out of this book. So it's on Amazon or local bookstores. Grab a copy of that. Very cool. Very, very cool. Thank you. 
good to see you again. Welcome. And uh, yeah, be in touch. Tell Jamie I said hello. He just had to go get Cooper. So speaking of, uh, my phone rang. It was the school. And then I text Jamie. I'm like, uh, school called. And then he's like going to get Cooper. He had 60 minutes of a hard time. And that's our threshold. Oh. So so uh, Snoopy Joe is upstairs. I'm going to go see what he did. <laughs> that's parenting. All right. Take care, Kate. It's good to see you. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Have a great week. Before I close things out today, I just want to say thank you, Kate, for taking the time to come on the show. I appreciate everything that you do. I know how hard it is. Uh, we, we kind of walk a similar path. And, you know, we, we've had conversations before about uh, kind of the underbelly of, of publicly sharing our lives like this and, you know, how that can impact us on a personal level. Um, I know how hard this can be, but I, I just want to say that, it, that you're making a difference. Right, you you touch so many lives, and your family's story uh, provides hope and inspiration for other families out there who are going through something similar and maybe haven't found their path forward, or they haven't found that one more thing that you talk about. So thank you for everything that you do. It was great to see you again. We'll definitely be in touch. You can find Kate at findingcoopersvoice.com. Links to her book will be in the show notes below. Please check it out. It's an amazing read. I'm not someone who sits down and has the attention span to, to get through a book very often, but I was glued to Forever Boy. I mentioned in the show, I listened to it on the way home from the conference. It was like nine hours. Uh, it's a nine hour recording. And, and I listened to it almost straight through. Absolutely amazing. Very inspirational. And I encourage you all to check it out. As for me, you can find me at theautismdad.com. All my links are at the top of the page. You can subscribe to this podcast on any one of your favorite podcast listening apps. Just take a second to hit that subscribe button, please, to be notified of all the new episodes when they come out. And if you don't mind rating it, that'd be super helpful. I've also created a forum where you guys can discuss the episode and the guest and provide feedback and topic ideas and all that kind of stuff. Uh, that link will be in the show notes below. And lastly, if you're interested in being a guest on a Parent to Parent episode, just shoot me an email. It's rob at theautismdad.com. And uh, let's talk about it. Thank you all so much for your time. I hope you have a fantastic week. And I will talk to you next Monday. See you. Bye.